0: You are Locked On Clemson, your daily podcast on the Clemson Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tiger Nation, what is up? Welcome to the Locked On Clemson Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. That's right, Monday through Friday a daily glance into the Clemson Tiger athletic program, including the number one team in all of college football. Big showdown coming up on Saturday against Alabama. Oh, no, wait, it's Syracuse. Oops, my bad, sorry. I'll explain that little fraud and slip in just a moment. Thank you for joining me today. Make sure you tell your friends, your family. Make sure the download button, the subscribe button. Help the Locked On Clemson podcast continue to grow. On this episode today, it's supposed to be a preview of Clemson and Syracuse, right? I mean, it is late October, not late December or early January. So we're supposed to be breaking down an ACC matchup today. But then, you know, I started thinking, listen, it's Syracuse. Clemson's favored by 46 points. The Tigers are going to roll in this game. It's a name your score. We'll see the really big question mark. Will they get to 70 points again? Can they go back to back 70? That might be the biggest storyline. Look, Syracuse is rough this year. Went over them yesterday and took a look at what Dino Babers is doing this program right now. This is not the same team that came into Death Valley two years ago or the same one that beat Clemson three years ago. So instead of spending this entire episode breaking down Clemson and Syracuse, why not talk about another team? Clemson and Alabama. We're at that stage in the season where there's a little bit more of a sample size. And the debate has gone on already in college football. Who's the best team? Is it the number one ranked Tigers? Is it the number two ranked Alabama Crimson Tide? AP voters, coach poll voters are going to tell you just based on their first place votes, these teams really aren't that close. But that hasn't stopped SEC fans, ACC fans, and everybody in between from weighing in on this very topic. And while there's still a lot of football left to be played, it's really about the halfway point of the season for Clemson. Getting there for Alabama, remember, they're only playing 10 conference games, and that's it. Clemson will play 11 before they get to their conference championship. Alabama will play 11 by the time they end their conference championship. So you look at these two teams, and I don't think there's any reason to shy away from breaking them down. Why not? It's Clemson-Syracuse week. Tigers are huge, huge favorites. I will give you some players to watch, though and give you a little bit of a a breakdown and prediction of how I think this game is going to go. I'm your host, Brad Sinkoff. I'm also the deputy editor over at allclemson.com, and I am co-host of the Press Box on 105.5 The Roar. But let's start with a look at these two teams, because it feels like we're on a collision course again for some sort of matchup. Now, Ohio State's going to factor into this, and the Buckeyes begin play this week, tomorrow, at noon, And I fully expect them to absolutely blow out Nebraska, and they'll start getting to the mix in this conversation. But right now in college football, you look across the landscape, there's two teams. It's Clemson, it's Alabama. Alabama whipped Georgia last week, so therefore Georgia not in this conversation right now. And honestly, I think Clemson would do the same to Georgia. I think it would be about the same score, maybe even less points on Georgia's side, because I think Alabama's defense isn't quite as good as Clemson's, and we'll go over some stats in terms of that in a few moments, but but I think we're talking about the two best teams in college football, as I've seen them with my eyes. And I said earlier this year that, look, I, I'm not going to get caught up in strength of schedule and strength of opponent and who's played a tougher group of opponents. And I, I think we just really got to use our eyeballs this year. You just got to go by your own personal eye test. And If you can't watch football and tell that Clemson's really good, if you can't watch football and tell that Alabama's really good, then I don't know what to tell you. Maybe you need to watch something else besides college football. But those two teams, to me, are the best. So let's take a look at them. Let's just get a little bit of a statistical, analytical view and see how they compare, and then I'll share some thoughts on um, who they've played and why I'm not really taking that into great consideration right now. Scoring offense. This is a big one, right? Alabama's number two in the country. 48.5 points per game. Clemson right behind them. Just a tenth of a point at 48.4 points per game. They're third. Some other stats that I think are interesting in terms of the breakdown here. Uh, Passing offense, Alabama second in the country. Lights out right now with Mac Jones. 393 yards. They got all those receivers, all those weapons. They're getting it done through the air. Clemson, 348 through the air. So Alabama's number two. Clemson's number 10. Offensive yards per play. This is a big stat to me. This helps you really understand and get a disparity between two offenses. Alabama's number one in the country. Not really that surprised by that. Offensive yards per play, eight point three. Clemson, a respectable six point eight. That's ninth best in all of college football. Remember, seventy-seven teams have played. Haven't got to one hundred and thirty. Not going to get to quite one hundred and thirty this year. Uh, but with a, a hundred uh, or seventy-seven have already played, going to add a bunch of big teams in the mix this week, as well as Mountain West and WAC. So that number is going to go way up. Mac's going to be joining at some point later on, as well as the Pac 12. So the number is going to rise tremendously. But right now, out of 77 teams, this is where these teams rank. Now, here's some stats that are not favorable for Alabama scoring defense, 37th in the country at 28.8 points per game. Clemson has allowed 12 points per game, that's fifth best in the country. Total defense, Clemson comes in at an impressive. Third in the nation with 264.6 yards allowed. Alabama 61st at 458.3. Rushing defense. How about this? Alabama 36th. It's basically smack dab, close to smack dab in the middle. in rushing defense nationally. Clemson 11th right now. Passing defense. How about this one? Alabama 70th. Out of 77 teams giving up 309 yards per game. A lot of that coming uh, in the Ole Miss game, and the Texas A&M game. They, Aggies were able to put up a lot of passing yards later in that one. Clemson very stingy through the air. 10th in the nation right now, 168.2. A couple other key stats that I took a look at. Defensive yards per play. What they're allowing per play right now, Alabama 52nd in the nation. Clemson third. Turnover margin. No edge really here to speak of. Plus three for Alabama, plus four for Clemson. Sacks per game, Clemson way, way better right now. 4.4 4 sacks per game, that's third in the nation. Alabama 1.7, that's 51st in the country. Tackles for a loss, very similar as well. Clemson 4th, Alabama 40th. And then red zone touchdown rate, a stat that I pay a lot of attention to. How many touchdowns are you scoring when you get opportunities in the red zone? Are you turning those into six points? Alabama 14th in the country right now. Clemson 7th from a percentage standpoint. Now, I know what a lot of people are going to say. Oh, but look who Clemson's played. Wake Forest and the Citadel. Now, you can throw the Citadel out. I'm fine with that. I'm not counting that game this year when I'm really analyzing the Tigers. But yeah, Wake Forest, uh, Virginia, obviously Georgia Tech. Terrible teams, right? Well, it's not like Alabama's run through a gauntlet already. Yeah, they beat Georgia. And Georgia's probably the most elite defense in the country. One of. And... If they play again, I think Alabama does a similar thing. Uh, I just think their offense is that good. So I'm not taking anything away from what Alabama has done to their opponents. They're a very good team. But it's hard to sit here and explain away a lot of things just because of of the strength of opponent when I just don't think Alabama's really played a lot of of, of good football teams. A&M's up to 7th in the country. This is an A&M team that looked like a fraud against um, Vanderbilt in Week 1, got blown out by Alabama, Got a fifty spot hung on them. They look terrible. And then all of a sudden they beat Florida and they've worked their way back up to seventh in the country. I don't know. That that doesn't feel great to me. Miami, is Miami really that good? I think mean, Miami's pretty good. I don't know if they're top 15 good, but you gotta rank these teams somewhere. That goes for AM in Miami. So maybe those equal out. Yes, Alabama beat Georgia, and that matters a lot. But looking ahead, projecting the rest of the schedule. Alabama doesn't even play another ranked team the rest of the year. And I don't know if any of those teams will be ranked when they play them. But there's not another team on their schedule that is ranked. Clemson, meanwhile, does at least get Notre Dame, who's right now third. That won't last all that long. But right now Notre Dame's third in the country. And then Clemson plays Virginia Tech, who's 19th. And I think Virginia Tech will stay in the top 25, or at least be in the top 25 when they face the Tigers. So... When you look at these two teams, I, yeah, the difference is on defense, and some of that is strength of opponent, but I don't think these teams Alabama's played are that great. They have you know decent offenses to a certain degree, but they have not really stopped teams the way they're used to seeing Alabama do it. Meanwhile, Clemson looks like the Clemson team you're expecting, especially on the defensive end and offensively, Clemson flat out getting it done. Coming up next, going to break down three players to watch in Saturday's game when Clemson hosts Syracuse. A lot of teams looking to break through that wall this week. Well, are you looking to break through that wall on a daily basis? Are you having a hard time just getting through the day? You know, maybe it's that, that business meeting, trying to get that last presentation knocked out and just not having the energy to really go in there and give it your best. Maybe it's on the back nine, playing golf with your buddies. You're down. You're not playing well. You need a little boost, a little energy to help you focus and just finish strong. Why not throw something in the bag, something in the briefcase that can do just that for you? It's Bilko. It's the best workout gel on the market. It's like five-hour energy without the same crash feeling. It's natural, so it's better for your body. And it's like drinking a monster drink, which is a third of the caffeine, but way, way better results. Three delicious flavors to choose from. Peanut butter honey, chocolate coconut, chocolate mint. And this is the kind of product that you're going to feel good about putting in your body it's loaded with really good stuff like b3 honey you get a little caffeine in there you get some b6 and b12 and a lot of protein as well so it's going to make you look better feel better promotes joint soft tissue hair and skin health it's the stuff that makes you look literally better so go to builtgo.com and type in the promo code locked that's promo code locked maybe 20 percent off your next order So use the promo code LOCK to get 20% off at BuiltGo.com. Let's go. Going to kick back and relax this weekend. I know I'm looking forward to it, and I cannot wait to settle in, watch a little football, get caught up on what's going on across the country this weekend, and chill. And why not chill with a cold, refreshing Coors Light? Sometimes you just need that moment to turn off and hit the reset button, and there's literally one beer that can help you chill, and that's Coors Light. Coors Light is the official beer of watching any sport, any team. Just a great reason to chill out, take a minute for yourself, and enjoy a cold beer. It's cold lager, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. Coors Light is crisp, it's refreshing, just like the Colorado Rockies. It's perfect for that moment to unwind. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to sit back and relax a little bit. So when you want to hit the reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. That's get.coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Now it's time to start breaking down Clemson and Syracuse, and every Friday I like to give you three players that I'm going to keep an eye on during the game, Uh, usually guys that I think are going to either surprise or maybe there's a lot of pressure on them or they got a key matchup and this week, you know, it'd be in Syracuse. There's not a ton I want to look for in terms of matchup, but there are some intriguing names to keep an eye on. And the first one right out of the gate to me, Frank Lassen Jr. Uh, really not sure exactly uh, what you're going to get out of him from week to week. You know, he's had a little bit of the dropsies, had a little bit of an issue holding on to the football. But at the same time, he's clearly a talented player and can make plays on the outside and needs to. I mean, that's what Clemson's offense doesn't necessarily revolve around, but you've got to have that element or you need to have that element in this passing game to open things up for other players on the field. So, in my mind, uh, he's, I'm not saying he's running out of time. I mean, it's a long season and they're going to need Frank Latson. But it sounds like Joseph Ngata is really close to being back. And I know I feel like I've said that every day or every week for the last couple of weeks, but I think that's the truth. I think he's really close. And if he lives up to any of the... Top billing that he's received from his head coach, then I think God has got a chance to push Latson, and I don't, I don't think Latson gets pushed out of the picture. I'm not saying that, but this is a big game for Latson. Like he needs to hold on to the football and he's to show that he can do that because I think Joseph and plays, and God ends up making more plays than Latson does. Then, then there's going to be a little bit of a, a battle going on between those two for playing time. So keep an eye on that and keep an eye on Frank Latson in this game. Another player to keep an eye on the offensive side of the ball that I'm going to be watching closely is Braden Galloway. Uh, The tight end is clearly the most talented tight end on the roster, even though I think Davis Allen is really pushing right now. and I talked about that the other day, that I thought Davis Allen, maybe the offense runs a little bit better with him in there because of the uh, blocking threat that he is, the way he can get after guys, teams think he's going to block, and then he leaks out and he gets open more. Galloway runs good routes can get open that way. But when he's on the field, it's almost a dead giveaway. Or it feels like it's pretty close to a dead giveaway. Even when they're in 12 personnel, you say, oh, well, there's Galloway, there's Davis, Allen. Allen's going to block. Galloway's going to run out and try to catch a pass. So it makes it a little bit more predictable. So I I don't know if necessarily that's exactly the case. I think that's just the the theory and the reasoning. So I I just want to watch Braden Galloway in this game, see if he does a little bit more. Didn't see much out of him at all last week against Georgia Tech. Didn't need it, but he was hardly on the field. And it turned out to be Davis Allen who made the big catch and the big touchdown. So I just want to see if if Galway gets back in the offense in this game. I I think that's going to be big for him. He needs to get his confidence up. Well, Clemson's going to need him and need him badly. And I don't know. I'm not saying his confidence is necessarily down, but you got to think after a couple games where he just, you know, he's only been used a little bit this season. And I think that needs to go up in this game. And I would expect you know Trevor Lawrence to try to get him the ball fairly early on. Last thought on Braden Galloway. He only played 16 snaps against Georgia Tech. That needs to come up. And I know it was a blowout. They didn't need him. But a lot of other people played. So I'm curious to see what his numbers look like after this game. Final player to watch in this one for me. I, I'm not saying he's going to have a massively productive day. I'm not even sure. Exactly how many snaps he plays, but I think he's going to impact this one in a big way. And that's Brian Brazee, the true freshman defensive tackle out of Damascus, Maryland. Look, he's he's played well. I don't I don't want to take anything away from what he's done this season. Uh, he's played 35 snaps, 22, 55, 22, and 22 uh, on the season, and I I think for the most part I've been impressed with what he's done. But I just I'm I'm curious to see how he approaches this game because Syracuse's offensive line is not good. And they uh, actually have allowed the most sacks of any team in college football to this point, 24 sacks allowed. So Clemson's going to get some in this game. Clemson is one of the best sacks per game teams in the country. I think they're ranked third right now. And I think they're going to get after that uh, weak Syracuse offensive line, get to Rex Culpepper, Tommy DeVito not playing in this game. He doesn't appear. I don't think he was even on the depth chart. This week he's out with injury. So they're going to get after Culpepper and really make him pay if he wants to sit in the pocket. And that's going to be tough on Syracuse. But Brian Brisee is a guy who can move the pocket. I'm not saying he's going to have a bunch of sacks. But I think his ability, his athletic ability, is starting to show up a little more each and every game. And this is one that I want to see. Can he really get a push in there? And he, I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a sack or gets half a sack in this one. But I think he's going to create some ability for the guys on the outside, Miles Murphy and Justin Maskell, some of those guys. Because I think Brzee is tough to handle, and he's improving. And if he does that in this game, I wouldn't be surprised to see Clemson's sack total really rise, and Brzee be a reason for that, even if he doesn't have the huge sack numbers. Coming up next, I'll share my final thoughts about Clemson-Syracuse, give you a little bit of a prediction, and take a look at what else is going on in the ACC. Final breakdown of the Tigers and the Orange before they kick off at noon on Saturday and I I think this is a game that Clemson wins comfortably. I'm not about the spread. I just 46 points 47 points. I I can't imagine laying that with anybody when it comes to power five on power five and I I don't care if it's Ohio State versus Rutgers. You know there's just really not a matchup Vanderbilt versus Alabama. There's just not a matchup out there that I would feel really good about laying those kind of points but that being said um Clemson does win this game comfortably and, and and the reason that I would avoid the spread is I just don't know how many of the young players get in in this game and if they're ready it's a it's a it's a very unpredictable factor yeah they played pretty well against Georgia Tech and Dabo Swinney kind of let them you know throw the ball uh, once the fourth stringers got in there but there's this is a home game so that means everybody is going to be available and I mean Clemson could play 105, 108 players potentially in this game. I don't know how many guys are going to be out with injury or COVID protocols or whatever, but regardless, anybody who dresses out has got a chance to get on the football field on Saturday. I mean, Syracuse feels more like an FCS team right now. I know that sounds like a really big slap in the face of, to an orange. I know it's a team that certainly gave has given Clemson problems in the past, but this is not that team. This is just simply not a well-run, uh, talented team uh, schematically difficult team right now, and it's, it's more the Jimmys and Joes than the X's and O's. And if you can't run the Dino Babers offense, and, and they're simply not right now, as they gave the numbers out earlier, they're one of the worst offenses in all of college football right now. And they give up a ton of sacks. I just think that Clemson's just going to have their way with with Syracuse, and I, I think Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne probably do about what they did last week in terms of playing time. You could see them playing the entire first half, and then maybe. Uh, a drive or two in the third quarter. I don't think Clemson hangs 50 in the first half this week, and that's that's not going to happen very often. I don't think Clemson gets to 70 either. I think Debo Sweeney likes Dino Babers. They're friends. Everybody likes Dino Babers, to be honest with you. Uh, and I, I think you know he's not going to be inclined to necessarily uh, call bombs down the field or a bunch of passing plays in the fourth quarter up you know, 50, 60 points. So I, I have a feeling that Dabo Sweeney comes off the gas just a little bit. It doesn't do you any good to pound Syracuse into oblivion for Clemson. I mean, it, it doesn't. I mean, you can win by 40, you can win by 35. It doesn't really matter. You can win by 50. Um, no one's going to look at this game and, and congratulate you, you know, on, on accomplishing some great feat. So my guess is that Dabo does come off a little bit on the gas here and just does not pound. Syracuse in a way that um many think they, they, they could or would. The problem is, all that being said, to can still cover. You know, I I'm seeing this game something about something like fifty two to three. That's around forty nine point spread there. Uh that's a sweat. That is a hard, hard sweat. And I, I just can't advise sitting there sweating this thing out. Uh, when there's you know there's other opportunities out there for you if uh, if you are so inclined so I don't I just don't ever advise laying forty six forty seven points and having to go through what you might have to go through to try to try to get to that number so um, Clemson's going to win comfortably and I expect them to to look pretty good in the process I, I I think the offensive momentum continues I Trevor Lawrence is just playing at such a high level I think he'll 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 dish the ball out to a bunch of different receivers. Mario Rodgers will have a big play like he did last year up in Syracuse. I don't know if it'll go for eighty seven, but he'll he'll factor into this game. Travis Etienne will have a couple big runs. I don't know his his workload may be maybe kind of managed right now. Uh, J. Dixon, I thought, finally looked pretty decent last week against Georgia Tech, and he may get some more carries this week early there in the first and second quarter just to spell ETN, and then I think Chesma Lucy has come on strong, so he may get some heavy run in the second half in this game. So ETN's numbers may not uh, exactly jump off the box score at you come Monday, but certainly keep an eye on on really who else comes in the game and how they perform. That's really what this is. I mean, this is another watch the young guys game, and as I mentioned earlier, kind of hoping to see DJ lay out there running the full offense and not just simply handing the ball off to Darian Rencher or Chez Malusi or Mikey Dukes. We'll see if that's going to be the case. But I expect Clemson to win this one pretty comfortably. Quickly, a couple other ACC games I would keep an eye on this weekend. How about NC State going to North Carolina? Now, the Tigers don't play the Wolfpack. They're not on the schedule, and neither are the Tar Heels. But is it out of the realm of possibility that one of those two teams ends up being in the ACC championship game? I don't think so. We'll get to another team in just a moment, but uh, that's going to be a fun game and, and a really big test for both teams. NC State being one of the biggest surprises in college football right now with what Dave Dorn's done at 4-1, and one. and then North Carolina coming off their first loss of the season, a head-scratcher to Florida State. Uh, they need to bounce back. NC State needs to keep the momentum going. It's a rivalry game. That should be a fun one. It'll be very telling. Uh, when it's all said and done by those two teams. The other game, 3.30 p.m. tomorrow, Notre Dame and Pitt. Notre Dame, a 10-point favorite on the road. Pitt has struggled as of late. They've had a hard time getting things going there defensively lately, and that's Narduzzi's side of the ball. But Notre Dame, I don't know what to make of the Irish. I, I think they're good. I think they're good enough to beat all the teams in front of them right now, except Clemson. Uh, just, But their style is just not It's not great. It's not necessarily aesthetically pleasing to the eye. Maybe Pitt gives them a little bit of an issue. We'll talk about that next week as the Irish are on the schedule on November the 7th. That's going to wrap things up here on Clocked on Clemson Podcast. Certainly appreciate you being a part of it and downloading, subscribing. Please continue to do that. Follow me on Twitter, at Brad That's S-E-N-K-I-W. And look forward to Monday. We'll be breaking down this game, what we learned from this one against Syracuse, and also going to take a look at inside the box score. Have a great weekend. Take care. Talk to you Monday, Tiger Nation.